Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Lee McFerrin with us this morning. Uh, Lee, we're glad to have you with us. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about was uh, 1999. We first became acquainted with you. Uh, you came to the Haven of Rest, and you said that, um, well, I said, hard to believe it's been 20 years. You said some days yes and some days no. Some days you can feel <laughs> the full weight of the years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what? Uh, maybe it would be fair to start by asking you, um, what were the circumstances, if you can remember back that far, it brought you to the Haven? In June of 1997, I was suffering from severe depression. I quit my job as a retail manager, gave away all my possessions, and I attempted suicide. Uh, I was in Akron General for 10 days, and uh, after they had got me uh, back to normal, I had nowhere to go. Um, so they recommended the Haven of Rest, and they sent me here. Well, you know, so you've worked at the mission for 19 and a half That's years. That's correct. And so you came to the mission for help about two, two and a half years before that. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. So you end up coming to the Haven of Rest. We're going to take you back before you started working, mm -hmm. and you come into the men's day room. Is that correct? That's correct. I came into door number three with just a hospital gown on my back. Yes. And who was the first person that— Scott Campbell. Yes. And tell us a little bit about— uh, when you came to the mission, what you were kind of feeling at that time? I, I was actually very angry that I had failed at suicide. It was one more thing that I hadn't done right. And I was intent on finishing the job as soon as I was able to. And I was looking for somebody to give me an excuse to do that. And I came to the Haven of Rest, and Scott Campbell was behind the desk. And immediately I could tell something was different about him. He uh, He cared. And he listened to me about everything that was going on in my life. He said he would pray for me, and he did. He checked in with me every day to see how I was doing and, and how he could help me. Wow. I, 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 did not, I knew the part about the, the suicide attempt. I, I did not know um, the part about Scott Campbell's impact on you. Um, and, and Scott is, uh, was a chaplain, I believe, at the mm -hmm. time here. And, and he, uh, he um, left the Haven a number of years ago and uh, pastored a church, um, but he's still involved uh, to this day uh, at our banquets, leading our resident men uh, in singing. And uh, so, I, wow, I, I, did not, I did not know that. Um, so we're, we're still good, real good friends, and he takes me out to eat once in a while, and we touch bases. And Dwight Johnson, who is my boss now, was also working on second shift. He was just second shift supervisor then, and he would check in me every night. He would come to my bed at night and just ask me how my day went. Mm -hmm. And I could just tell that there was something different about the people here, that they cared, and it wasn't just a job to them. So the, the, the darkness, I mean, it's very dark uh, talking about uh, suicide attempt and all that, but is uh, the relationship with Scott and Dwight, as you were talking, and maybe some other staff, was this the beginning then of, a, of, of the turning point? I mean, to, to feel... A connection or a caring I, from a people? I, I believe it was. Okay. I, I believe um, that I needed to know some people cared before I cared what they know the saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then the uh, they didn't just talk about the gospel; they lived the gospel. Yeah. And and I, it was real and 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 tangible to me at that point. Wow. Well, you know, Dwight still here at the Haven of Rest. 
uh, Scott, uh, pastoring the right. church, still involved in our, our regional banquets. Right. Saying all that, Lee, so you went through the program. Yes. Obviously, there was a change somewhere in this program where you ended up giving your life to the Lord. When, what, where, when did that happen? When I was actually in the men's day room. And I was receiving treatment for, uh, I was working with Portage Path, receiving mental health treatment for my suicide attempt. Um, I started listening to the gospel, and it started making sense to me. And I realized that Jesus was speaking to me directly. And uh, one, I think it was August 2nd, 1997, a gentleman from the house of the Lord gave the message, and I responded and committed my life to Christ. And I realized I'm a baby. I don't know how to walk, what to do, what do I do next? And I thought the men's residential program was the logical next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you were featured uh, in the mission's 75th uh, video, was it, Reverend Kaiser? Yes. Um, and I remember being so impressed by what you said or maybe how you said it, but um, maybe you can repeat the, the line because it's in your words um, about the difference between um, maybe – Uh, recovery? I I think counseling and therapy and medication help you to live, and they're very important. But Christ gave me a reason to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Lee, you go through the program, uh, and uh, your life has been changed and impacted. Um, You have some key people that you surround yourself with. And in saying all that, as we, as the mission senior life being transformed, we ended up hiring you at the mission 19 and a half years ago. Yes. So why don't we talk about 19 and a half years ago when you actually started working at the mission? What was that impact on you like? I, I was extremely happy to uh, become a part of this organization. And, and Scott Campbell had meant so much to me when I walked through those doors. I wanted to do the same thing that he did to people that were hurting and coming through the doors, to, to show them the love of Christ and, and to point them the way to the gospel. And uh, I, I thought there was no higher privilege than that. Was there any um, uh, learning curves coming out of the program uh, and moving into – uh, a position where you're going to be now asked to to perhaps give more of yourself or, or you know, where it's not as much maybe coming back to you as you're investing it, now rather than... It can be very difficult, and um, it's not a very... It's the, if you're looking for recognition and thanksgiving, you know, thankfulness from all the clients, you're going to be uh, surprised uh, <laughs> unpleasantly. And, and you realize that you can only do that job on your strength so long. You need the Lord's help and guidance to deal with the clients and show them love and patience the way I was shown love and patience. Yeah. So, so, Lee, you've worked all three shifts, is that correct? That's correct, yes. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. You, when you got hired and you were working third shift, Third right? shift, eight and a half years. So let's talk about the difference between third shift and second shift, and then we'll talk a little bit more about your first uh, shift position that you just kind of moved into here not too long ago. Each shift has its own routine or dynamic, and third shift, when you would come in, generally most of the clients are asleep, but you would check in clients who are coming in late from work or late off the street and seeing how you could meet their needs. And then you would wake them up in the morning, 
and uh, give a devotion and then bring them over to breakfast and leave. Second shift, everybody is up almost the entire shift and you're dealing with them. You're trying to provide a clean and safe environment for the clients and meeting any short-term needs, food, clothing, and shelter that you could meet. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, when when did you transition to the uh, first shift? Uh, May. It's been about six months now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I've been day room case manager for about six months. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the day time shift, some of your new responsibilities. Because like I said, each each shift offers something a little bit different. All ministry, but at different levels. Let's talk about some of your responsibilities on your first shift. Now. Right. This is this is a lot more uh, personal interaction with the individuals. You get to spend a lot more time with them. You're trying to transition them from a crisis, a homeless situation, to a long-term stable situation while you're identifying any barriers or needs they might have, and you partner with local agencies to have those needs met. So... Uh, do- are you learning the ropes, and how's that going? <laughs> I, I'm learning the ropes. I, I was I was telling Reverend Kaiser about a month ago. I just starting to feel a little competent now that I'm not actually doing them damage, <laughs> and it, I, I do really enjoy the work. And there's a lot of uh, agencies and help out there, but the clients aren't aware of them, right. and and we try to hook them up with uh, with whatever available help there is. Well, I know Lee. You work in. Uh, I know uh, Dwight, uh, who's been a caseworker, social worker over there, Kurt, for how many years? It's been a long time, and Since he doesn't. Nine, it's been a while. Well, he came here in '96. So he's been um, here twenty after twenty-one, twenty-two became, years. Yeah, got uh, uh, got his license. So. Yes. So in saying that, obviously Dwight is working with you as he delegates responsibility. D- Dwight has a wealth of knowledge yes, and love, mm-hmm. and it's it's great to be able to learn under him and work alongside him uh, as new situations arise uh, every day here. Mm-hmm. And then you have another um, case manager or social worker working Keith there Snodgrass, too? and okay. he's been very helpful as mm-hmm. well. Very good. So let's talk about your morning, because you come in at a certain time and then you leave. That's uh, correct. Your, your third shift, I probably came in at 11 and worked till 7.30 maybe in the morning. That was your third shift mm-hmm. before. Uh, your second shift, maybe somewhere between 3.30 and 11. And now you're coming in? 9.30 to 6. Um, I generally see clients in the morning, uh, uh, check up with my existing clients to see about any updates or let them know, uh, let them know resources that are available. I help supervise the lunch check-in here. I also see clients after lunch and run them to appointments or to the Greyhound bus station or anywhere they might have a need. And uh, I'm here from 4 to 6 to help cover the clients that Dwight and Keith aren't able to see during the day. Mm -hmm. So we have more coverage for the guys who are coming in from work and from other shifts. Now, you also uh, share probably from time to time in chapel as well? Yes, I I generally do at least two messages a month, and, and I really enjoy that. And, and I believe the key to a success here is, is having the right relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. Well, I know, Lee, uh, working first shift and, and working with the men a lot more, it's a lot more detailed type of work. Yes. Uh, what are some of the things that, even in the midst of some of the challenges, what are some of the things that bless you in regards to working with the men? Sometimes the clients will surprise you. And just thank you for everything that you've done here. And and I realize I'm just the person in front of them. You know, I'm getting the thanks that all the other people in the mission deserve for, for keeping this place safe and clean and for showing that they care. And it overwhelms me. And 
I, I had a gentleman come in a week ago, and he was thankful for a roof over his head. And I complain about my car size or my apartment size or this or that. It, it helps me keep things in perspective to see the gratitude from some of these clients. Do you ever um, uh, ever get a chance to share your story uh, with either the clients or with, with others? Uh, I mean, it's, and it's okay if you don't. I, I just wondered. No, and that's the good question because I often do. I deal with a lot of individuals who are dealing with depression. Mm-hmm. Most people deal with some form of depression in their life once or in a while. Yeah. It doesn't always lead to suicide, but a lot of the clients I do have had uh, suicide attempts. And then I, I get to share what worked for me. And, and that's just a wonderful moment. And, and Keith and Dwight have different backgrounds, and they share what, how the Lord's interacted with them. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, your, your schedule is pretty much Monday through Friday. Yes. Is that correct? You come in 9 and wrap things up at, at 6 o'clock? Yes. And I'm sure you probably make a, a, a more of a different type of a connection with some of the guys coming through now. Because, like you said, third shift you put them, you were pretty much, they were already in bed. Second right. shift you were putting them to bed. Right. And now you're actually building a relationship uh, with the uh, individuals. Is that correct? Yes, it's it's correct. And they, they see you differently because you're, you're kind of an enforcer, uh, role enforcer on the second and third shift to keep everything going smoothly. When you're their case manager, they see you on their side. They see you as somebody who's advocating for them, and, and, and they know that you care for them. And that's not to say that second and third shift it, don't no, have exactly. those caring in, in, in ministry, It's it's um, but it's not – structured or specific to right. uh, their job. So really, you've gone from a general practitioner, uh, narrowing you, pigeonholing you now <laughs> to, a, to a very specialized uh, capacity, right? So uh, day room case manager. Yes. All right. Here's, here's a question. That it's going to test how well you've done in the last, since May of this year. Okay. You ready <laughs> for this, Lee? What does, what, what is a case manager? A case manager is someone who meets a client, identifies they need the needs that they have, and helps meet those needs, um, usually uh, in-house or local resources. Uh, many of the clients here have barriers or needs to getting long-term stable housing, such as uh, mental health issues, addiction issues, employment, or education issues, and we provide them with the local resources to overcome those barriers. So are, are you, like, uh, giving them information as, as far as putting them in touch with somebody, like a housing provider or something that helps them over those barriers? Or do you do the work for them? Or We, how- we walk alongside them. Okay. Uh, we help them. Uh, they need to help us as well and make their appointments and everything else. Sometimes it just takes a phone call from me. Sometimes it takes a meeting from me, and I need to advocate for them, and I'll bring the client along with me. It's whatever the situation dictates gotcha. uh, that we try to help them. But we always stress it's a partnership, Okay. and, and we need to lo- walk alongside each other to meet our goals. Gotcha. Well, you know, Lee, Kurt, we're just about at the end of the program here. Lee, your your testimony of what God has done in your life from 1997, uh, when you actually came to the mission seeking help, connecting with some key people, Scott Campbell, uh, Dwight Johnson, just quite a few different people, going through the program, Christ changing your heart, and now you're here working in a ministry probably you wouldn't have thought— 22 years ago that you would ever be here. Exactly. So in saying all that, how can our listening audience uh, pray for you as you continue in your ministry? I, I, I would ask that they would pray that I would 
continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It it seems funny, but the more you walk with the Lord, the more you need you know you need Him, mm-hmm. and, and and you know you need His strength and His wisdom every day. And after twenty years, I know I need Him now more than ever. And and I'm thankful for for uh, knowing Him and being able to work in a ministry that glorifies Him. Yeah, it's really a paradox because you know how much you need Him, but at the same time you also realize how 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 much that uh, well He doesn't probably need us, right? But, but the fact <laughs> is that He is uh, is there for us and and with grace and, and mercy, loves and us just the same to to uh, you know. To, to uh, relate and and to be in relationship with us. It's kind of mind-boggling, really. So, Lee, I appreciate your fine, razor-sharp intellect. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've forgotten more than I'll ever know, but I enjoy the the challenge and the the stimulating conversations that we often have and your book recommendations, uh, and uh, uh, you love to read. I know when you're not here at the uh, Haven, that's one of the things you like to do. So um, God's gifted you with a lot of capacities, and uh, need to see how you are growing in those 22 years. You're not the same man. Uh, Physically or spiritually. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a whole other program. I, Lee's laughing. There's a twinkle in his eye. I, I've gained I, many pounds <laughs> over the years. It's all wisdom, though. Right. <laughs> so thank you for uh, taking some time out of your case managing to, to come in here and, and tell us about it. And I know that you've been a blessing to people that are listening. Thank so. you for having me, and it's a privilege.